0: everybody. This is Dan with The Con Artists. Uh, I'm joined by Scott and Brennan this week. Uh, unfortunately, Sue won't be joining us for this particular cast, but she'll be catching up with us during our next bi-weekly review. And uh, so with the new core just kicking off, uh, we got a few episodes out from a whole bunch of shows. We're each going to talk about a couple that we uh, particularly like. And I guess I'm going to start. Um, one of the shows that I've been following is uh, Onihei, which is... A historical police drama, I guess, is the best uh, way I could describe it. Um, all all about uh, all about police and basically an Edo period SWAT team, for lack of a better term, uh, or rather, this one inspector who leads a whole bunch of cops. Well, whatever the Japanese version of cops was back then. Is he the recurring
1: carry uh, from uh, Samurai Champloo? The saw? No,
0: <laughs> no. Is <laughs> no, he more he of an Inspector
2: Zenigata type?
0: Oh heavens no! This guy is brutally effective. He's like oh,
2: so not Zenigata. Got it.
0: No, he's more like Inspector. He's more like Inspector Javert, but with less singing and more torture.
2: Oh, he sounds like a lovely guy.
0: He really is not. Is uh, he that's the one law? The... He is very much the law. Uh, like the very first time we see him, he and his uh, cronies are interrogating a thief uh, for information on a bigger gang leader. And under this guy's orders, they end up driving a nail through his foot. So I would say that this is not a show for anyone who's particularly squeamish. There's quite a Mm. bit of the old ultraviolence. And I'm okay with that, though the focus more on tormenting people than on, you know, like sword fights and whatnot has kind of put me off a little bit. Um, That being said, uh, it's got, you know, an interesting aesthetic, you know, definitely in the more realistically rendered kind of uh, style. uh, But with sort of 19, I guess, like, 40s, 50s kind of jazz, uh, sort of stuff. Really, sort of trying really? to. Really, that's that's sort what of, they're going with. I guess it, they're sort of huh. trying to push the noir. Um, uh, okay. The noir theme through the lens of Japanese historical drama. So all of the visuals, all of the all of the all of the dialogue, all the aesthetics are very much in keeping with you know what you'd expect from a from a Japanese period piece. Um, but a lot of the. Uh, like the opening, the music, some of the... just the way in which things are composed feels more like more of a period noir piece, which is kind of an interesting combination. It's a bit unusual, so I'm enjoying seeing how that works out.
2: Now, does the story actually feel like film noir or not?
0: Yeah, I really haven't seen enough of it to say. Uh, The first two episodes are out, and both of them are very self-contained. Initially, the uh, first one features this guy interrogating this thief and i thought like oh maybe we're gonna follow uh the inspector and the thief in sort of this you know kind of push pull uh not really buddy cop uh sort of scenario because you know i'd imagine the thief has some mixed feelings about the guy who had a nail driven through his foot but uh that isn't what happened we're following the inspector alone and the thief has just kind of buggered off to wherever i don't know what happened to him so it seems at least so far to be purely episodic which is actually kind of in keeping with the uh noir-esque aesthetic. You know, think uh, a little bit like how Cowboy Bebop is mostly a series of vignettes but you know develops a story later on. I think that's where they're going with this, but I don't know for sure.
2: Okay, uh, sounds interesting enough. Yeah.
0: So yeah, it's a, it's an interesting show. I'm my feelings on it're still a bit mixed just because of the level of violence and the fact that this guy is supposed to be our hero but we have very little to differentiate him from a you know from just a thug other than the fact that he has a nice family life
2: i mean maybe that's the kind of what they're getting at with the show
0: maybe i don't know again it just it doesn't feel very critical of him and all of the criminals are like super criminals like every single one of them is an irredeemable human being except the thief we meet in episode one so oh. very much huh. not a, not in any way a balanced view uh, or nuanced view of uh, crime and punishment. But we'll see where it goes. I'm at least intrigued enough to keep going.
2: Okay. Well, that's good.
0: Hmm. So, uh, Brendan, how about you?
1: I started watching uh, interviews with Monster Girls.
0: Well, I guess that's about as hard of a right shift as we can make. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, what if these are interrogations
2: with Monster Girls? Like, you never know. These oh. interviews could be, like, serious business at the police station.
0: They are
1: very much not that. It's more <laughs> like, uh, so, a, uh, there's this guy, and he's a uh, high school biology teacher. And he's just sort of curious about uh, how humans live in his world. And there are demihumans in his world, not very many of them. Uh, i think the number comes up that there's uh 3 Dullahan's that are currently
0: alive in the world and Dullahan's the headless horseman right or something of that nature yeah essentially carries uh, its own head around yeah
1: and i one of the interesting aspects of the show is how uh even if even if it has a small sample size it has a interesting breadth of um cultural source material, shall we say. The the Dullahan coming from uh, an island off of the other side of Eurasia.
2: Ireland. uh, On
1: Ireland. And uh, a Yuki-Ona, which is fairly obviously native to Japan. Uh, And also a vampire, which is relatively generic. Uh, I don't know if it really started in Eastern Europe or not.
2: There's plenty of cultures that have like some kind of va- – is this one of the bouncing, jumping Chinese vampires or like a standard European-style vampire? Uh,
1: definitely much more of the European thing. Okay. So All right, care. then. Although uh, – I'll get back to that in a minute. And um, there is a – I forget exactly. There's another teacher and she is supposedly a succubus. Really? Which I uh, I think comes mostly out of the Middle Eastern like mythology tradition. Well, I mean, as, far succubus as I know, yeah. Succubus
2: are also kind of European as well. Like so, we'll see, we'll see which one they go with, I guess.
1: Right. Uh one of the things that was said early on is that more more so than having these kind of uh, demihumans carry on their lineage, it uh they tend to appear as random genetic mutations, which so
2: it's not like yeah. a family of Dull hands or harpies or whatever.
1: Right. In fact, the uh, the girl who in the show who's a vampire has a twin sister who is normal. So, hmm. fraternal yeah. twins, I guess. Uh, that's an odd hand wave, but it like it kind of fits the, like, the atmosphere of the show. Well, because there's is, only
2: three of them plus the teacher, right? So it's not like the school is full of them.
1: Well, four, which is a lot more than counting the other teacher, uh, which is a lot more than he was expecting. But, so, basically, the... Uh, the show, the interviews so far that have happened, are just basically him uh, calling the girls into his office one at a time and asking them about how their life works and how it is different or similar to or uh, regular high school girl life.
2: Like the and, the important stuff, like so, like your head does that like get lost? Does it roll down hills? Like, what's the deal?
1: It did get lost once. Uh, oh, jeez. Well, lost is a strong word. It got separated by a pretty significant distance due to a botched uh, send-off on a bullet train.
2: (laughs) That's right. The the body's just standing there waving as it pulls away into the distance. The parents are like, the parents are like, oh, our daughter's head. We'll miss you. Oh, dear.
1: (laughs) And um, one of the, one of the other, uh, odd things about this show in terms of mythology is the, the vampire doesn't seem to have a lot of vampiric traits or at least not a lot of the, uh, the obvious storybook ones. So while she gets exhausted easily in bright sunlight, uh, it's not really, like, she doesn't catch fire and burn to the ground.
0: Uh, I uh, do not need to be invited into places, not see, her, uh, not see her reflection, can't cross running water, have to oh, count heavens. things. N- heavens none no of those. Man. No. Oh, um, come on. They didn't keep any of the interesting stuff. Okay, Actually, I'll
1: have to I'll have to keep watching to see exactly uh if anything particularly interesting comes out of it. The one thing that she does mention is that they get a monthly stipend of blood from the government which supposedly uh sates their need to prevent them from preying on other humans.
0: The the gov- the vampire equivalent of government cheese. I guess yeah. so, yeah.
2: Which I mean, all right. I could kind of picture that, assuming you're gonna integrate them into your society, like
1: Especially if you're a society enough. that has uh, the kind of healthcare that uh, uh never mind. I'm not gonna go into the political thing there.
2: Right.
1: It's inauguration day. Um mm-hmm. But uh, no, the show's been pretty chill. Uh it's um there's there's some fan servicey aspects to it, I guess. Nothing like nothing over the top, certainly. Uh the most cringy thing i can think of is that the dullahan is crushing on her biology teacher which like day is, one at eight o'clock well more like episode t- two was where they get into that uh certainly nothing worse than what's happened in card capture sakura oh hmm.
2: well all right then that's a
1: good <laughs> bar to set <laughs> is it though <No. laughs> is Could it be worse <laughs> uh
0: all right well, well, I'm, that aside I'm... Uh,
1: so, we yeah, we've basically gone into two of them so far, and I'm looking forward to seeing you know, the other interviews and, and what all is going to happen, uh I'm a sucker for unusual slice of life.
2: This seems like it fits the bill. Hmm. Well, then, I'll take over and talk a bit about Akka, which is a oh, yeah. pretty interesting show there. So, essentially, the setup is there's a, like an island country uh, that was unified 100 years ago. It's also it, shaped like a bird. It's also shaped like a bird grasping a leaf. So that's like their, their country's sort of emblem. Uh, in order to keep the peace, like each region was granted a fair degree of autonomy. But the overall government has this inspection bureau that goes to all the other, other government agencies and sort of make sure they're doing their stuff properly to keep everything in line. Everything is quite peaceful now. And sort of the High Council of... So Aka is the name of this organization... Their high councils like you know what I don't even know if we need the inspection directorate anymore. We've been at peace for so long that it's sort of unnecessary. Uh, but sort of their one guy, the guy we're following, who's named Jean or Jean or however you want to say it, uh, is one of the inspection guys. And like on the very last day of its existence, he finds some minor evidence of something in some computer wherever he is and points it out. And then like the next day, the high council sort of reverses its decision and says, "All right, we'll keep them around." Uh, i guess what's interesting is like as of episode 2 they basically are suspecting this guy of plotting a coup they're like a coup might be coming and we think it's this guy uh who as far as we can tell from watching him seems totally benign like he's just sort of bored with his job and uh, he's good at it but he's good is at extremely his job.
0: bored with it he's yeah. he's apparently requested transfer out multiple times but well, there's no say, record I, of it which is yeah, why so they're it's suspicious
2: interesting. So you're like, hey, is it's like is you, the, you, the viewer, are now like, is this guy plotting a coup and we're just not noticing it? Hmm. Uh, which is kind of neat. The style of the show is... Well, you don't see it very often. I don't even know what to, how to describe it. It looks... Boy, I don't know. An older style. Very long faces on characters. Uh, stylized sort of hair and features.
0: Uh, I read someone, don't someone look... some... Go ahead. I read someone uh, describe it as uh, I read of someone describing it as Lupin the Third esque in a way.
2: Huh. I don't know if I would I have made that comparison, had... but hmm.
0: yeah, I don't know. But the you know the everyone being really lanky and having these you know these old all of the fashion seems a little older, almost of the '60s or '70s. Um, but it's very clearly supposed to be a vaguely modern world. At least to our uh to our eyes so it's sort of an odd mixture of styles and uh callbacks
2: yeah in terms of its like pacing it's sort of a slow-moving show like it seems like every episode john's going to go to a new district of the country so he he now has to inspect all the districts within six months which is a tighter schedule than normal while he's under observation uh, by the high council uh he doesn't really he's not supposed to know this but he's already sort of noticing that they're they've got guys watching him and uh, he kind of goes there, does his thing, like talks with people, just sort of experience. You kind of experience the different areas of the country with him. Uh, and then he has a lot of run-ins with the higher-ups and just sort of talks with them. He's a very cool cat. Like he never reacts to anything with surprise at all. Uh, so I'm not really sure where it's going, but it knows what it's doing, clearly. <laughs> like it's, its pacing is... Uh... Purposeful? yeah that's a great word purposeful so very interested in seeing where is going
0: I agree I'd also like to point out that the uh the music in the show for the most part is you know it's fine, but the opening is not really the kind of music that I would normally uh jump onto but I really like it it's um it's like there's some there's some there's some jazziness there's a there's some rap in there. It's just, a, it's a very odd eclectic mix, but it all comes together and really, really works and definitely sells the the, the feel of the show.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I can agree with that, definitely. Alright, so that's what we've got for Aka. Dan, let's head all on right. back to you. I hear you're watching well, something you... just amazing. Uh,
0: yes, as I was going to say, to drop the bar very significantly... <laughs> um Akka's, you know, I, I'm I'm with Scott on this one so far, at least. I think Akka's the strongest show of the season. Um, oh, wow. But the lowest show of the season of any of the ones that I sampled or tried, but the one that I am so delighted to be following is Handshakers. The only reason that I have not thrown aside the stuff I'm working on for our for our next uh, review panel and chosen this is because it won't be done by the time I have to present. So complete shoo-in. This- Oh, it is, absolutely. It is, it is a nightmare of just terrible visuals, a nonsensical story, characters that I cannot bring myself to care about, but it all comes together in this amazing package, I guess. Everything, every single creative decision that was made on this project seems to have been the wrong one, and it's... It's beautiful in a way. It's not just that the art is hideous. It's that the cinematography is also terrible. It uses CG that looks incredibly dated. All of the character designs are either boring, obnoxious, or just incredibly. Uh, it's surreal in some ways. Like, I am convinced that the character designers have never seen a human woman. Uh-oh. Because the. I. There's no polite way to say this. The breast physics in this thing are off the chain. They are nuts. They are completely <laughs> whacked. And the less the less said about that, the better. But the basic premise here. Uh kid. Uh nerdy kid, big into like mechanical stuff, like likes to fix things. That's his that's his deal. Alright, I'm picturing um, like
2: what's his face from, from Fates Day Night here.
0: Uh sort Shiro. of, but with even less charm.
2: Whoa, wait, what? I hate that kid.
0: Yeah, but he, yes, but he is, but he has a personality. He's an idiot, but he has a personality. This kid has no personality. He's just, he is, he is default protagonist with quirk. Oh, dear. That's the extent, that's the extent of his characterization. Oh, and his sister died. Like, that's the, that's his tragic backstory. That's his His tragic backstory. His sister died of some illness way back in the day, and, like, she begged him not to let go of her hand as she was dying of cancer or whatever other mysterious ailment. But he is at... Uh, he's supposed to help out this one professor at a nearby university uh, for something, and stumbles into what amounts to a hospital room with this young girl laying, laying there, and she reminds him of his sister, I suppose. And she wakes up in his presence and takes hold of his hand. And the professor like everything goes crazy for a second like as he's holding under a hand he's hearing the voice of god in his head the walls are going uh, the walls are going weirdy there's like interdimensional stuff happening and the then voice the professor shows. god yes yes it's supposed to be the literal as far as we can tell it's literally supposed to be the voice of god telling him to challenge him and fight his way to him to receive some kind of revelation
2: okay and then that
0: prof, then that professor shows up busts through I the door a tournament fighter coming Dances around and using like a mixture of Japanese and really forced English explains that explains that that this is supposed to be the voice of God. He has been chosen to receive some kind of wish from God after fighting all of the other handshakers, who are people uh. who also hold hands and gain mysterious uh. powers from them. Oh, and by the way, if he lets go of the girl's hand, she will die.
2: Okay, okay so that's he is, sort of a high. He is bar. now
0: forced to care about this. He is determined to his credit, not to get involved in this, but the moment he says, like, no, I don't want to do this, I have no idea what you're talking about, he sucked into that other world called Ziggurat. Uh, after having all received right. the revelation of Babel, you can see that where oh, they got all of their yeah. references for, and he has to fight uh, these this dude who, uh, okay, how to describe this? The guy is, The guy is a handshaker with this girl, and he essentially orgasms chains out of her.
1: That's... Okay. Did you ever see Devadasi?
0: No. No,
2: don't see Devadasi.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll well, take At least that had Mecca the- in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so far, no. We just have terrible CG chains, and like they fight for a little. They they don't really fight, but he chases this kid around for a while. The kid then manifests a shield out of gears. Okay. Uh by drawing on the power of this girl that he is now bonded with, turns those gears into a sword, the most hideous-looking CG gear sword you can possibly imagine.
2: I was going to say cuz like a gear sword sounds cool on paper.
0: But gears uh, are this... really shaped in such a way that they would make a sword. I didn't I... No, they are not, but nobody in the, nobody on the creative team apparently decided to tell that to the artists. So, we're left with this stupid-looking gear sword. Oh, and I wanted like Leonardo da Vinci's
2: fu- chainsaw sword. <laughs> like,
0: oh, jeez. So he fights this guy, wins, and it turns out like, oh, if you get killed in in air quotes in Ziggurat, in this alternate world, you just get kind of beaten up a little bit and tossed back into reality. It doesn't actually kill you or have any negative impact, except that you lose your powers. And okay. so all except I'm guessing that
2: like- what's her face will die for real.
0: Yes, that's the reason that they make us keep caring. They basically have to keep putting on this big fat asterisk in order to make us keep giving a damn. Because this kid certainly doesn't want anything to do with it. He doesn't care about, you know, it's like this supposed voice of God. The, the professor even says, I have no idea if this is the voice of God. Could be God, could be the collective consciousness of humanity. It could be a demon impersonating God for all I know, but you're going to help me find out.
2: Hey, at least and the guy's committed get- to his research
0: apparently but unfortunately this also means that we have to sit through this kid going through these these convoluted explanations of why he has to hold hands with this girl all the time and like his family takes her in no questions asked assuming she's some kind of brazilian exchange student who just doesn't uh, yeah, speak sure. this no. girl is the this girl is the she is the she is what we have boiled uh magical anime, anime girls to She is is what you have boiled them down to when you remove all personality or interesting stuff. Usually they are like, you know, usually even the bad ones have some kind of like, oh, they have an interesting ability or there's some kind of a backstory there or they're fighting for something. They've got something, even if their characters are really just there for the dudes to, you know, win over or ogle or whatever. This, no, girl doesn't speak. She just kind of goes, mm, yes. She can, she can, she can she can nod her head and shake her head that is the extent of her understanding of human interaction and so this guy basically has to spoon feed her everything with he his, has to with his one hand yes yeah with his one hand because his other one is the other one is holding onto her they can like separate for very brief periods of time but he always has to be in close proximity like this guy has to he has to teach her how to eat he has to bathe her he has to dress her like it is It is so painfully contrived, what they have had to go through to make this happen, that, oh, people, I'm going to tell you now, the show is garbage. It is hot, flaming garbage, but watch it. Just to mess with some heads, I want to see the stats on this thing shoot through the roof, because this deserves to be seen, if only as an object lesson.
2: Oh, okay, like, as long as we study it in in our universities of things not to do, like, I'm saying, why would you want the stats to go so high? They'll make more.
0: Uh I don't know. They've clearly spent a lot of money to make this thing look as awful as it does. I can only assume that the sales of this thing in physical media are going to be atrocious. But uh I have God. been wrong before. Anyway, it's well, exhaustingly on. bad. I do feel oh, obligated
1: it's... to point out that uh,
0: Brazil has a pretty sizable Japanese population. As be that as it may, a <laughs> be that as it may, they are really really quick to uh be totally cool with this girl showing up at their house. Getting room and board, and the fact that their son has never let go of her hand once in their presence, (laughs) they don't even they don't even so much as mention it. I assume they've been paid off by the professor. The
2: professor must have been really convincing.
0: Mm. Ah, anyway, uh, now that I've rambled way too long about that, uh, I guess, uh, Brendan, what else are you watching?
1: All right, guys. So you know how Utawara Romoto was. Mostly about this uh this normal human dude, well normalish who wakes up with amnesia in a world that's otherwise populated by uh people with animal ears and they go on over the course of the show to sort of uh you know reveal the- uh the fact that human society once exists there but has sort of been swept under the rug after eons
0: yeah,
2: yeah, spoilers this... by the way, that's the whole plot of the show,
1: oh
0: yeah, I, uh. Maybe I should restart that one. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Neither Utuara Romono nor its sequel are particularly it, good. Yeah, a so. sequel came out. Like, did that ever come up in the sequel?
2: Uh I mean, we, the sequel sort of continues from the original left off kind of with a different cast. Right. It came up it came up a lot more than before. Let me put it that my way. point
1: is like my point is, did that show like have we have we surpassed the statute of limitations here? Sure, why not?
2: Sure, we're we're fine, yes.
1: Like if somebody decided to turn on the second one and be like What's this?
2: Like, they 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 uh they get into it about halfway through the same deal. So,
1: uh. well, my point is that's like that's basically what's going on in Kimono Friends. Okay, <laughs> so human
0: society has collapsed and we're left with nothing but cat girls.
1: Well, well, and uh, dog girls and hippo girls and peacock girls and otter girls and.
2: Wow, that's a whole range of
1: people. No, I mean, it's a whole range of animals.
2: Yeah, okay, animals. Animals now, are people, how, too, in this how, case. Right?
0: Uh, how animalistic are we talking here? Are we talking like no, uh, Meryl okay. from Escaflowne, or are we talking just girls that dress up like animals and have the ears?
1: Okay, here's the thing, though. Like, they look like girls that dress up like animals and have the ears, but, like, it's all part of them,
0: in theory. That's creepy and weird.
1: Okay, here, here let me explain the, what I know about the basics of this show. Uh. There was a mobile game. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is a this Go is a good on. start already. At the best, well, and and you can tell it's going to be a great start because the operative verb in that sentence is was. <laughs> oh no! Because the game got discontinued before the anime went to air. Uh,
0: possibly, like, like while the anime was in still in production. Oh uh, no!
1: And. So basically what they've got is like, – normally they use you, – you put together an anime short, and I, you've probably uh, seen them all uh, All up on the Crunchyroll of basically commercials for mobile games, which are – Yeah, know, like character-
2: Hagane Orchestra or um, – what was that other one? That Schoolgirl Strikers thing that Square Enix is doing right now, sure.
1: Right, except now these guys ordered a 30-minute time slot <laughs> and suddenly do not have a game to advertise.
0: It is a it is a unlimited is creative freedom without a product.
1: Unlimited creative freedom with no money. Oh. <laughs> because they're oh. not going to pour any more uh, any more like funds into this thing that they're not going to you know they don't expect to make back on whatever it would have been advertising that doesn't exist oh. anymore. Oh, what was he no. used to say, Brendan? Why does animation cost so many yen? What does animation cost so many yens? <laughs> And Now um, here we
2: are at the logical conclusion of that.
1: <laughs> right. So this thing is done up in a in a, there's a there's a name for this 3D program that it's done up in, and it's like MMD or something. I can't remember exactly. But it's very obvious this show was produced on half of a shoe straight. Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Aww>. And. Uh, <laughs> but having said that, like it makes like if you it makes for a passable kid show. I think. Huh. Basically, oh. the plot is this girl wakes up in Japari Park, which this is... a human girl? Yeah. Ah. And, uh, and, and realizes that everybody else in the park, as a result of uh, a plot device, which escapes my memory at the moment, was an animal that was turned into a animal girl. Okay. And, and so they've all got, like, ears or wings and tails and...
0: And exactly one generation before this entire planet and ecosystem collapses.
1: So we don't know that yet. But from the first two episodes, like it, some of the parks, like none of the none of the other animal girls have any recollection of the presence of humans. So the only thing they can think of is that this girl is also one of them, which is called a friends, hence kimono friends. Uh, they just don't know what kind of animal she used to be. So it's time so, for you going
2: to go on a tour the park and find out.
1: Right, we're trying to find the the main database, which is in a library on like most of the most of the uh, other side of the park from where they start out in the savannah. But all of the infrastructure of the park is like broken down, uh, and has you know been that way for a while. Obviously, like the, the time has worn on anything that they've found so far, except for the little uh, the little robot doodad. There's, there's like a, a little thing that's about a foot tall that has, walks around on two little feet and has little uh, bunnyish ears and a little tail, and the the friends have they know what it is. It's, they see it around, but it's it it never really interacts with them, and but it knows that the uh, the one girl is a human, and like so it, it active it uh, it has programming for how to deal with the humans because it you know it assumes that you're a visitor at the park. Is that you were on a tour and it's uh you know. Oh and it, it gives
2: you all the all the pertinent data on
1: Right. So it is it is acting as her like guide to get to to the library.
2: Huh. That's an interesting premise.
1: So that now that like they've had to uh they've had to like forge a river and, and put a bus back together. <laughs> okay. And like it, it just it as as very as very, very different as it is from Udor Ramono, it has a very similar, like, overall plot feel to it. That's <laughs> and I'm huh. and I'm what I what I would really like to know is if the park is, you know, run down because the mobile game has been discontinued. <laughs> that would be amazing. They're like, you know what? You want to do it with
2: creator freedom? Go yell at how unfair the world is for shutting down my game.
1: <laughs> that would be amazing. Huh? So I am so- as as cheap as it is. I am looking forward to seeing where this goes.
0: All right, we'll see what the smallest with the smallest budget in mainline anime can get you. Yes. Hint. It isn't much.
2: We'll see. All right, and then I guess All I'll right. uh, wrap up the group here with. Uh, so I've been watching Tanya the Evil, which actually has three episodes out as of today. Uh, so I guess a little farther than the rest of them. I think everyone else was going covering two episodes, right? Right. Yeah. And so this show, I mean, it has wow, what a concept. All right. So it's so it's modern day Japan and this guy, the the perfect Japanese like middle management salaryman, whose only objective is to sort of get ahead in life, follow the rules, don't get out of place, et cetera, and like he's doing quite well at that but somebody that he fires like pushes him in front of a train uh, okay and as he's there floating about to be hit by the train time stops and like god shows up and he's like hey like i i have you know basically i'm here to like reincarnate those who believe and the salaryman looks like i around, thought he believes like you know what well, correct he he tells god to his face i don't believe in you like <laughs> this this thing you're doing with the time stopping doesn't phase me at all Like, logically, (laughs) you don't exist, so I don't care. And God is basically like, what? God, what happened to people? Like, they used to believe and now they don't. And you are like a perfectly endemic of that problem. Uh, And the guy and he's like, so basically, like, I just won't reincarnate you. Like, it's not worth the time because you're not going to believe in God. And the guy's like, you know, that seems like your problem, God. (laughs) <laughs> people are have conveniences. They have like cell phones and all this other cool technology. Life isn't hard for them. Like the conditions for for people to believe in God would be like fear of the unknown, difficult life, and like a, sort of a number of other things. The guy's like, "Oh, really?
0: Is he daring? Is he daring God?
2: He 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 didn't mean to. But God goes, fine. I'll just have to. So all you're saying is, if I need to make you believe, I need to put you in a difficult, life threatening position without any modern comforts. And the guy's like, uh. Let's hold off a minute. I didn't say anything. I just want to follow the rules and die like a normal person. <laughs> and God's like, "No, too bad." So he <laughs> reincarnates this girl in a different alternate universe where it's World War I basically. So she uh-huh. re- he reincarnates this person this this male Japanese salaryman as a young like 5 or a young girl who by the time the plot really kicks in is about 9 years old. Um uh, puts her in like, you know, world war one germany just before the war uh but it's it's the alternate world has magic like mages basically in addition to all the modern technology you'd expect in in world war one so guns and trenches and artillery pieces and stuff like that uh and says fine like see how you do basically and Man, so begins... God going
0: really old testament on this one guy
2: yeah and like it so begins like the the saga of Tanya the evil who is basically like despite being reborn into this world has somehow the complete memories of being a japanese salaryman even though she's and like how nine much years you suppose
0: old. in world war 1
2: basically she's like i got to find my way to a rear echelon like officer position and sort of like i know what happens i know germany loses in our world maybe they won't in this one and just find a convenient comfortable place to sit out the war and the best place to do that is the military because like God reincarnates her in an orphanage, basically, for, for like, poor children. So she has no parents and no prospects of, like, getting rich or being a merchant or whatever. But she does have magical aptitude, as it turns out. So she decides to join the military as an officer at, like, age nine. And then the war starts. <laughs> Scott, uh,
0: yeah? I want you to, when we're done with this, I want you to repeat all of that back to me, just because I think I may have gotten a little crazy in my ear. <laughs>
2: Uh, uh, Sure, Dan, we'll we'll give it a try. And Uh, uh, so now she's going to try to get ahead through like being good at her job, but not being so good that she gets sent to the front lines, even though Germany starts losing and that does eventually happen. And apparently being a salaryman is the perfect way to be a really good soldier because you're brutal and efficient and you follow the rules perfectly and you murder anyone who gets in your way, even if they're on your own side, because gosh darn it, you're going to advance in this company. And that's kind of how the anime goes. Like, her I subordinates to like... Hmm, go ahead.
0: I remember seeing the description of this, and I thought to myself that this looked like the most terrible thing ever. Are they just playing it completely straight?
2: Completely straight. Like, as of episode three, God showed up again, and, like, she's doing pretty well. Like, her, her attitude towards things has... She, she like, ace, she, was, she was an ace. She shot down a bunch of enemy mages by essentially taking a almost suicidal attack route uh cuz she's like she's convinced that god has it out for her which he does and he shows up and he's like you know what you like I, I wasn't going to interfere but you still don't believe in me despite all the problems i've put on you and she's like i hate you so much <laughs>
0: <laughs> i believe in you just enough to hate you
2: he's like i still i still hate you she's he's like well fine i'm going to actually change things with a miracle and she's like i don't believe in miracles and the next day like this crazy scientist she's been sort of put in the rear guard where she wanted to be and is flight testing new magical armor or whatever you want to call it it's like these little brooches they wear that like enhance their magical power and it totally hasn't been working up till now because this guy is crazy and has no idea how to produce something practical but it is a powerful thing and so he's like as it's about to explode for the umpteenth time and the safety doesn't work because he made it not work god goes if you want this thing to work and not to die you must pray to me like you must pray to god (laughs) even if you don't believe it you must pray and it like the, the the super whatever the, the device you have will work and uh, over time I believe that faith will fill your heart and so she's there just like gritting her teeth and praying to God like even though she doesn't want to to gain like a, a pretty amount amazing amount of power temporarily uh, and you know whatever and that's kind of how it goes like she has the one super duper magic unit but in order to use it she has to pray to God who she hates and who <laughs> hates her wow in the meantime she's just killing like her like killing her subordinates by having them transferred to real echelon positions where artillery hits them uh and like just using every means possible to bear grudges against people and get ahead in the military so it's it's a heck of a ride so far
0: well, on that note, I don't think there's anything left to say. We've got oh. a pretty weird gamut of shows, ranging from yeah. some historical drama to whatever the heck that is. Whatever Tanya uh, is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll file that one away under the other category. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, we've got a bunch to follow, and uh, hopefully Sue will be back to join us during the next uh, bi-weekly review, and she'll be able to j- add in her own shows. Um, yeah. But uh, for now, we hope you guys are enjoying the start of the new core. If you're watching anything else uh, that we haven't mentioned, definitely uh, hit us up in the comments or uh, check us out on Facebook. And we will see you again soon.
1: Yep, yep. Later, folks.
0: This is a podcast by The Con Artists. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your Android podcast app of choice. For more anime and game-related content, you can visit us online at theconartistsblog.com. Thanks for listening!